This is episode one in a two-part series on curses and generational patterns. In these episodes, we take a look at what curses are and what they aren't, some history of them, and we help you figure out if you are one of the generational pattern breakers. Hi, I'm Heather Wood, and I'm an intuition and ego expert. And I'm Jamie Hayhurst, and I'm an energy healer. We're both passionate about smashing the patriarchy, integrity in the spiritual world, and social justice. This is the Intuitive Girl's Guide. Hey, Jay, I think we should talk about curses and generational patterns. What do you think? I think people are going to love these topics. Yeah, this is going to be two parts. Yep. In this episode, we're going to talk about curses. We're going to kind of set that up for you. We're going to go through what a curse is, what what it isn't, yeah, <laughs> how exactly. yeah, how culturally it got really twisted, yep. and how you can protect yourself against them. Is it really something to worry about? All, we're going to get into all of that. Right. Okay? And then we're also we're going to set up a little bit about generational patterns and, and how they're kind of a curse. Right. And then yep. in part two, which we'll play next week, we're going to really dive into the generational patterns because it needs its own episode. And if you are listening to this, you're most likely a pattern breaker. So you need the info. You need Absolutely. it. Yep. This is going to be spicy. <laughs> exactly. But people are going to relate to it in a good way. Yeah, because I, I really think something that you're going to find in this episode, like really obviously, is us trying to take a concept and make you understand it in a way that's relatable and not right. so woohoo out there, make you feel scared of quote unquote magic, right? Like, right. I want this to be relatable, but I also want you to be kind of outraged at the same time. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be relatable because I think a lot of people, probably people who listen to this podcast, are going to find that they relate a lot to this. Yeah, because curses aren't what you think they are. It is is the main point of the story. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Correct. Exactly. You ready to jump in? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. I first have to explain what people think a curse is. <laughs> yes. That's a good place to start. And it's not anyone's fault that it's wrong because our modern day culture believes curses to be something that they really never were. It's like an odd version of what a curse actually was. So I thought, let's start there into what you've been sort of told a curse is and then unpack. Yeah, because there's going to have to be some like unpacking and rewriting. So it's best to start there. Yes, exactly. So the the definition I found that was kind of the most popular across the board and in, in different places, I looked in a bunch of like different, not just like I looked on Wikipedia, I looked in different dictionaries, like I look, I looked in all of those places. And so I've compiled one that I feel like really represents what most of them say, which is that yep. a curse is an expressed wish that some form of misfortune will befall or attach to one or more persons. Yep. That sounds right. Right. That's what I think people, when someone hears a curse, that's what they think a curse is. Yeah. That's the sort of patriarchal, like movies, fairy tale version of it. Exactly. Okay. 
Now, I want to get into explaining all kinds of stuff, but I'm going to now jump to what a curse really is. Right. And it might, I don't want you to feel super excited right now because it's probably going to let you down a little bit, but bear with us. (laughs) A curse is a desired outcome for someone else that involves negative energy. Yes. That's more accurate. Okay. Okay. That's what a curse is. Now, there's so much more. Don't stop here and be like, Oh man, (laughs) (laughs) there's so much more to it. So I feel like I have to start with a couple of other terms to help you understand what sort of like ancient pagan people were, were thinking. Right. So the term spell. Yes. Also very, like people in our culture don't know what that is. They think it's like bippity boppity boo, turn someone into a princess. (laughs) Yes, they do think that. It's basically an ancient affirmation. If you spell spelling words, like it's using words to call in the energy of a desired outcome for yourself. Right. That's why spelling and writing are so powerful. Yes. Now you can also use a spell to call in a desired outcome for someone else. That can also be done. A lot of those kinds of spells will have like an additional name. Like one you might've heard is like a binding spell right? Now I will say when you look back in pagan culture, which is, this is hard to prove. So people might have different differing opinions here and that's fine. But from what I see, most people were using spells for themselves. Correct. But I think you also could, the way I explain it to people who don't really understand much of the things that we would talk about on this podcast is that I always go back to when people say thoughts and prayers. Yes. Like that, I mean, and that's not for negative though, that, that wouldn't be like a curse, but like just the idea of like thoughts and prayers, I'm thinking of you, I'm sending you good energy. I'm sending my love your way. Like that's, that's a spell that you're putting on someone. You're just not doing it like under the form of like magic or, or or of a ritual. Exactly right. Telling someone you're going to send them positive energy or thoughts and prayers is 100% a spell. Right. Exactly. When you think of it in ancient culture, you think too of somebody being like, oh, I need to go to like the local witch and have her cast a spell. That wasn't what was happening. You would go to the local witch to have her help you create the spell the best way you possibly could. Right. So it's important to know that. Now, were there spells to like, you know, to send someone else good energy? Yes, but that's so common that we that wasn't really being called a spell then. Exactly. Technically it is. But mm-hmm. every time if you pass somebody and say good morning to them, that's the same thing. That's a spell. Right. Thoughts <laughs> Have a good day. Exactly. All of this falls into the category. But when our ancient pagan ancestors were thinking of using a spell, they were using it to attach an outcome to something in their life that they wanted, like the desired outcome in basically an ancient affirmation. All right. of those other things fall into the category, but that's actually what they were doing. Right. Now, they also would have amulets. And this word is different depending on the, the culture, like Egyptian culture, some Greek and Roman culture would call it an amulet. Mm-hmm. So an amulet would be something then that you would wear that would, or sometimes just have on your person that would sort of carry the energy and enhance the energy of the thing you're trying to bring into your life, of that desired outcome. Right. I hear people tell me about their spells and amulets every day. 
literally no day goes by that someone does not mention to me their spell and their amulet. And it is, they're not using those words. Exactly. Now, part of this, why it happens every day is because of who I am as a person and what I do and all of that. But it's very common, not just for me. So if you've ever gone like, oh, you know what I want to bring into my life? I really want to bring in more love and light. I want to bring in more positivity. And I, you know, I was at the store and I saw this beautiful, you know, rose quartz necklace. And I just felt like if I wear that, that's going to really help that. You just described a spell and that's your amulet for your spell. It's that natural to you. Yeah. Even if you have like a lucky sweater that you wear or like something that you carry around that brings you good luck, that's the amulet. You have a favorite perfume, that's your amulet. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Right. Like it's so common. We just don't see it that way. Right. Even and then the power lipstick. I always think of women when they're like, I'm going to wear this lipstick for this. And I'm like, that's an amulet. That's 100% an amulet. Right? Right. 100%. It's so common. It's just that we don't use the terms anymore. And the right. reason that we don't use those terms anymore, but we still do it is because you can't kill off something that's natural to human behavior and natural, like instinctually and intuitively to humans, even if you outlaw quote unquote magic and everything has to be in one religious form, you're still, we're going to get around it and wear the red lipstick as our amulet and you can't monitor that. So that's why the behavior persists, but the language dies. Exactly. Also, our ancient ancestors were using the word curse to mm-hmm. explain any negative thing that was happening that they couldn't explain. Right. I want to get more into that in a minute because I have something spicy to say about that, that whenever I say hurts people's brains, but I'm going to ease you into that. But I'm just okay. saying put a little pin in that because I'm going to come back to that thought. Okay. If if you say, oh, that person's cursed, our ancient ancestors were saying that, meaning we can't quite tell why that's happening. And sometimes even when they could tell what was happening, they still kept calling it a curse. Right. But now we think of it as like that there's something wrong with them. Exactly. Okay. Pin in that. Stay tuned okay. for me to get spicy about that concept. Okay. So let's talk about some ancient cool ways that curses were done and like what was actually going on. Okay. In Greece and Rome, they had something called curse tablets. Okay. This is ancient Greece, ancient Rome. These are stones being chiseled in. Okay. Right. This this isn't like a, you know, a tablet that connects to the internet. So, (laughs) so on this tablet, the, the sort of like whatever the term would be, and that term changes throughout the culture and, and wherever you are, but whatever the term would be for a local witch, if you have not listened to our witchy terms episode, please go do that. But a witch was just a wise woman. That's all that was. Yeah, right. Okay. So you'd basically go to the local wise woman. It could be a man in some cultures. He would be referred to sometimes as an alchemist. There's all kinds of names. Okay. Yep. You would go to that person in the village, whoever was in charge of the tablet, and say who had wronged you, and they would put the person's name, how they wronged you, your name, and you would tell that magic person to curse them. And sometimes you'd give a specific thing. Sometimes you wouldn't. This is like the burn book for Mean Girls. (laughs) So it is. 
<laughs> it's also to me like what Facebook town groups are now. Yes, that's a really, really good point. Yeah, sadly, <laughs> true. Okay. This is something we've been doing for a while. Now, there was also dolls in other cultures. Like you've you've heard of voodoo dolls. That's that's from other ancient cultures too, right? There would be dolls right. or whatever. The thing is, there was always two forms of removal from you if you were going to have a curse, if you were going to place right. a curse, okay? okay? The first is that it's going onto some sort of an object to, to do it. So into the tablet or onto a doll. Again, if you if you research this, it's fascinating. There's all kinds of different things that were used. But the main thing is that you're not just putting the curse out there from yourself and saying it. There's another there's another medium involved here. Okay. okay. Additionally, you're giving it to someone else to cast. You're not going to ever cast your own curse. Interesting. Okay. Disney gets this wrong with their amazing villains all the time, and it drives me crazy. Right. I love a Disney villain, especially one with a great origin story. I Maleficent is my favorite. Like. Yep. I love it. But Maleficent would not have cast her own curse. Okay. She would have had somebody else cast the curse. And do you think you might know why? Do you have a guess? Uh, no. <laughs> I do, but no, let's hear what, what's, what, what is it really? Because you would call the negative energy to yourself if you right. did it. Okay. Yeah. Because yeah. you know the person you've been, you're in it. You're, you've been wronged by them. So the idea was that somebody else who was kind of impartial, not like emotionally connected to it would be the one to cast it as if that was some sort of way of being like, well, it's only going to work if it's just. Right. I was going to, yeah, I was going to say it's too funky. Like you're too close to it. If you're calling it in and you're sending it out, the energy just gets too sort of funky and it's, it gets a little murky when, when you think of it that way. Yes. Okay. So remember in our affirmations episode, when we were like, you don't want to keep saying negative because you're just going to call it to yourself. Yes. Right. You don't want to be like, I hope that bitch Karen gets the flu. Right. Right. <laughs> right exactly. Because you're going to get the flu and Karen is going to be the center of your, your thoughts all day. Right. Or even if you say like, if your affirmation is like, I, I want to stop being broke. All you yeah. call to do is broke. Like all you're bringing is scarcity. Exactly. And our, our, again, our super wise ancestors knew this. Right. And so they weren't going to call on that because if it's an impartial person calling it on, they're not emotionally triggered. Remember for an uh, affirmation, there has to be emotion involved. So they're, they're not going to call it on themselves. Plus the people who were doing this were like skilled in it. So they knew how to not bring it upon themselves. Right. Right. Cause like when you're in a fit of rage and you want to like curse someone or harm them, you don't have the energetic boundaries to manage it. No, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So the idea was to sort of pass it over to someone else to do it. So you wouldn't have the negative repercussions brought on you. And it was believed that the person sort of removed from it had that ability to like not call it upon themselves. Right. Again, it's an affirmation. A spell is an affirmation. And this is a way around calling the bad shit to yourself. Right. Exactly. This is how they were using this. Now, were they using it to do terrible, awful, calling terrible, awful things? Yeah, they were. Right. right. <laughs> but 
it, and it's different in different cultures. Like if you're looking at like Greek culture, they're calling in like the God Mercury to have war on the neighboring village. Like they're, they're doing it, but it, it isn't, it isn't so much like petty shit. Right. Exactly. At least that's not what's getting recorded. It's more like real, like I, I want to succeed. So I've got to, I've got to like curse them to get through to the other side kind of, kind of feeling. Right. Yep. We have this shift culturally that happens in like, I'm going to say the late 1800s into the 1900s, where we start to view curses differently. Yep. And if you want to understand why, I have two words that should explain it to you. What are they? White people. Exactly. (laughs) Patriarchy, colonized religion. Exactly. Keep going. Capitalism. I mean, cultural appropriation. You keep on going down that line. You'll understand how they got turned this way. And the reason that it shifts culturally so dramatically is because it's being used in media, like books, TV, movies. It's being used in this other way. Right. And it's being used against. So, and it was also used during the witch hunts. It was used as a way to incriminate women that they wanted to murder and put to death. Exactly. So now you see this shift in curses coming into the place where it's passing through objects, locations, and familiar lines. Yes, right. Like a curt, like a haunted house or something like that. Yeah. Or what we're going to talk about with generational patterns, like, oh, that, you know, like I think of uh, in Romeo and Juliet, like a curse on both your houses and like, right? right. Like we see right. the curse becoming something different. We're going to talk about some of these quote unquote popular, you know, curses, but yeah. like everything, there's some elements of truth in the wrong. Right. Good point. Okay, so they're twisting something that's true and changing it. Right. So I want to I show you what curses became for a little while and then show you how that sort of kind of in a, taking something bad and leading to something good woke us back up to generational patterns, generational trauma passing, or you could call it a generational curse as well. Exactly. Okay, so there's this is not good that we did this. But if we could take something from it, I think it kind of opened our minds up to going like, oh, remember, we used to know this as a people. (laughs) And we used to know how to manage it. Exactly. We'll be right back after this short break. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. All right, Heather, it's season four. We're here for another season and we still have our favorite sponsor, Restoration Coffee. What coffee are you drinking these days, Jay? It goes back and forth between a Rachel and a Paige. 
I'm still drinking my Americanos. So if you want a fantastic cup of coffee to go with listening to the IGG or any other podcast that you might listen to, check out Restoration Coffee. You can go to their website. It's restoration-coffee.com. Check it out and tell them that the Intuitive Girl sent you. Yeah, can't go wrong. So let me tell you about a few famous curses, and I want to see what you think of them. Okay. The first one is, there's so many. I just, I'm going to say them in general, but anything connecting to opening a mummy's tomb. Oh yeah. Okay. The curse of King Tut, the curse of whatever mummy's tomb we're opening. Okay. How many times have you heard that there's a curse on that? In fact, there's a whole theory that the reason the Titanic sank is because there was something taking out of, I believe it was King Tut's tomb that was on that ship going like somebody bought it. Okay. It's like someone bought an ancient artifact from, took it from where it belongs. Some rich person took it. And so they're saying that curse made the Titanic sink. Gotcha. Okay. Very, very popular. What do you think of this idea? No, I mean, I think it makes for a good movie. I think it makes for an exciting movie, a good plot line, but I don't think that even if, I will say that energetically it's bad form to take something from someone's tomb. I mean, that's that's bad energy. But I also don't think that it's something that is bad enough to create an entire sinking of a ship in the North Atlantic. Right, right. Like, you know? I don't think the curse was like, oh, let's just take out all these innocent people too. On the same note from what you said before, I also don't think you need an actual curse to have absolute terrible energy around the taking of an artifact. Absolutely. Absolutely. But I mean, I would, I could see a protection spell, right? Like you could see these ancient cultures putting a a protection spell on a tomb, right? Like protect this space, you know, Mm -hmm. even curse someone who would come in and try to steal from here or disturb this, this space. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But like mm-hmm. you, you said, it would only affect the person that did that looting, that did that disruption. It wouldn't then like go to hundreds of innocent people. Exactly. And if you want to look at a conspiracy to like, you know, how we talked about conspiracy theories and how there are so much to like cover just a white man being shitty. Yeah, exactly. That's the Titanic. That's the reason why it sank. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. We could do an episode on it. I love the Titanic stories and the the stuff around it and all of the weird energetic things that happened to lead to that happening. I love it. Bottom line, the reason the Titanic sank is because of greed and capitalism. There's no, I, I mean, end of story. You didn't need an official curse. No. Right. I I mean, I know in movies and stuff, curses kill innocent people and things. And we're going to get to this when we talk about like our view of curses. But from what I know about how energy works, that doesn't make sense that like an innocent person would lose their life based on a protection spell or a curse placed on the removal of an object. That doesn't add up. No, agreed. It does not. Okay. Um, There's also another curse. And I liked this one because it leads me to my little spicy side note that I referenced before. Mm -hmm. Okay. So this is the 
the tomb of a Polish king. Now, I thought this was interesting because I did not think of Poland as having tombs to their kings, but they did. Okay. Okay. Certain families and certain kings did have tombs in Poland. Okay. Very cool. I fell down that rabbit hole. I'll spare you right now, but very cool. So this Polish king, whose name was Casimir IV Jagiellon. I think I'm saying that right. I watched a lot of YouTube videos to try to get the pronunciation right. Okay. They said that he had a cursed tomb. And in 1973, archaeologists opened his tomb. Okay. Now, when I looked for the origin of where the idea that he had a cursed tomb came from, I was expecting to find that there was this like ancient Polish text or like something written by this king saying there's there's a curse if you open my tomb or something right 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 it originated in the media they made it up oh that's annoying right it like even i could find the like journalist who proposed it like 100% made up by someone who was not polish even wow that's incredible okay so when Before they open the tomb, they're talking, this is a cursed tomb. They open the tomb, Jay, and a bunch of the people who went in on that expedition, the first one, died, like, days later after. (laughs) What? Did they? So people are like, oh, my God, that it is cursed. Okay? Wow. Come to find out there was a deadly fungi inside the tomb. I was going to say there's some spore, some spore killing everybody. Yes. Okay. And so then they were like, disproven. It wasn't a curse. It was the fungi. I mean, I guess the curse could be the fungi, right? Okay. Well, this is my spicy side note. Okay. I knew I was hoping that's what you would say, because listen, (laughs) are we saying that if you can explain how a curse works, it's not a curse? No, like you, a curse only is like, if you just drop dead for unknown reasons. No. Right. Oh, there was a deadly fungi that made you die. Then, oh, okay, it's not a curse. It's just a weird deadly fungi. Like, no, do I think that this king put a curse on his tomb? Not necessarily. I think there would have been something written about it in Polish culture somewhere. Do I think that opening tombs that are not of your culture and taking shit from them is a good energetic idea and that you're probably totally safe and good from anything negative happening to you if you do it? No. No, not that either. Exactly. So it comes back to what you really think a curse is. It's to me, you're doing something with that with like real shitty energy, and you're yep. not like really checking in and using your intuition. Just because you can blame the fungi doesn't mean to me it's not a curse. I'm just saying. So yeah, it really brings up this question of like, well, maybe a curse is just like negative energy attaching to an outcome. Maybe that's all a curse is. I don't know. I mean, that's how I think of it in my head. Me too. I don't even think of it as that you have to like say anything intentional. I think like to your point that that was, that story is almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy. Like they were so bought into it. They wanted, they wanted the story by any means. They made something up and then look, and then the outcome was really bad because their intentions were really bad. Exactly. I have like an additional thing. I was going to save this for later, but I want to say it to you now of what I think a curse is besides just the negative outcome attached. I think there's one other piece that makes it a curse. Okay. When you 
turn away from your own intuition. Oh, that's a good point. Okay. Let's think for a minute. Now, if you were using your intuition and all of a sudden there was a story that this tomb was cursed and that people were going to die from it. What if you had tapped in and gone, Oh, maybe I should pay attention. And maybe there's something bad we could be breathing in. Maybe we should take a lot of extra safety precautions, right? Right. That's right. not your what happened. Would protect you. Your intuition would protect you. And I'm not trying to victim shame these archaeologists and, and people oh. who died in there. Not at all. But I'm just saying, like, for a curse to work, you have to turn away from your intuition. If someone else is cursing you, you have to be sort of bought into, like, having blinders on and we'll get into this when we get to the generational patterns and stuff, but you got to be unwilling to do shadow work. You got to be unwilling to look at, at the stuff you don't like in order for a curse to work. I was just going to say, and I'm sure you'll get to it, but like, especially with generational things, like when you hear people talk about like, this is my family's fate. Like we are really bad at this, or we have bad luck with that, or we die this way. We die young. Like that's because you're putting all of your energy into the the curse or the bad energy rather than using your own intuition. Exactly. 100%. And I think that applies anywhere with the curse, right? right? If, if I'm mad at someone and I send them a curse and I hope that this bad thing happens to them. And, and I mean, first of all, I've already done it wrong if I did that, but like, let's say I have somebody else send it. I, like I do it all right. the right way. Right. Right. In order for negative energy to affect anyone, same as positive energy, the person has to be open to it. Exactly. exactly. I can send you all the thoughts and prayers and good energy and Reiki and energy work I want. If you're not open to that, you're not getting it. That's a really good point. It works both ways. Yeah. So there's that too. Yep. Agreed. All right. More on that later. <laughs> okay. Okay. Sports teams and curses. So we happen to both be from Boston. So we're very well aware of these like curses and things and stuff. Also very common. I was going to say, I was going to be like, are you going to mention the curse of the Bambino? Not that I know much about it, but I mean, that's was a huge part of our culture for years. Yeah. We, the curse of the Bambino is that we traded Babe Ruth to the Yankees. And so after we did that, our team was supposedly cursed and didn't win a world series for I don't know how long but a really long time very long time yeah so that's what that is now I think sports teams having curses and a lot of the I'm gonna say this in a not great way and then you can fix it for me because I'm gonna be a little bit of a shitty person for a second okay a lot of the kind of men who are really obsessed with sports curses yep would never be open to the idea of a curse anywhere else. That's a really good point. I don't even think we need to reframe that. I think that that it just suits them in that situation. And so they'll use it for that. Yeah. They're not looking at energy. They're not, they're not manifesting. They're not, they're not doing any kind of that, but they'll believe that a sports team is cursed, but then they'll, they'll also definitely descendants of like, people pointing the fingers at quote unquote, witches. Uh, a thousand percent for that. But th- that's just sort of like the victim mindset of curses. There's like a, it sort of is like a sub genre of like it, some people only think of curses as the excuse they use for not being successful. 
Yeah. Right? Or like why their team can't win. Not, I mean, they're just spectators. It's not even really their team, but like <laughs> why their team won't win. It's, you know, it, it can't be because of like the players, the coaches, the team morale, you know, so it has to be a curse, but they're not thinking anyway beyond that. That's just the, it's just an excuse. Yeah. And that's an example of turning away from your intuition. Right. Right. That's why you're allowing this curse to be spoken. I mean, the more you keep saying there's a curse on something, right. the, more the negative energy is actually going to attach to the thing. Right. So, I mean, it makes, for, it makes for a pretty sweet victory though, right? So if you can sell that, if you could be a company or a team or a team president and you can sell that there's this curse and then you finally have a championship, you know, that's you're probably one, pretty good for profits. You're the one who broke the curse. Yeah, right. really, it's a really great way to add capitalism to all this. Right. Agreed. Yeah. Um, so objects can be cursed as well. There's a lot of famous cursed objects, like the Hope Diamond is a good example of a supposedly yeah. cursed object. Yep. And the idea of the object being cursed kind of being passed around something like a diamond or something being cursed, I can totally see how, I mean, I don't think that's right, but I can totally see how that would become a thing. Absolutely. Because things like crystals, diamonds, gemstones, rocks carry a lot of energy. They're transmitters of energy. Absolutely. And like, if you've ever bought a, like a necklace or a, piece of jewelry that someone else has owned specifically and you don't do like a little cleansing ritual to get all that energy off. It doesn't even have to be jewelry. It could be like you got like a a hutch at a yard sale or a cabinet somewhere. You better get rid of the energy from the last people or else you're going to be like, why is there such funky energy around this? Why do I feel icky when I wear it? It doesn't even have to be negative energy. It's just someone else's energy. So you want to clear it. So that makes me understand how that could become a thing. Right. And that's how a certain, that's how certain intuitive people use their intuition is through touching objects, through, through tapping into objects, whether they be like your dead grandmother's ring, or like you said, anything like that, you can tap in that way. Mm -hmm. There's energy there. Yeah. So I get why that would happen. Do I think a curse would travel through a piece of jewelry? That doesn't really make sense to me because a curse in anything that I've ever found is on a person. I mean, I think technically, energetically, you could infuse an object with really shitty, gross energy, right? And like you said, if you're not clearing it or cleaning it, then it's on you or near you. But do I think like you touch a ring and all of a sudden now you and your 10 generations below you die? No, of course, no. Right. right. Because you wore the Hope Diamonds, you know, you, you're going to die in two weeks after you wore it automatically right. or something. No, right. that doesn't make any sense with the laws of energy. But like you said, could it have something negative attached to it? And if not cleared, you could you bring some of that negative energy around you? Yes. Would that mean something bad would happen to you? Not necessarily. Does right. it mean you've opened yourself up to something bad happening because there's negative energy around you? Yeah. Yes. Right. Yes. So, exactly. Yeah. So I, I see where that one went, but again, you're really twisting just the, how, how energy works in that one to me. Right. Exactly. Yeah. All right. I want to talk about one more curse before we take a break. Okay. <laughs> 
And this one, you are going to hate. <laughs> oh, awesome. Let's hear it. I hate it. And I know it'll make you as angry as it made me, but it's a perfect example of this like cultural appropriation bullshit becoming a thing. Okay. Okay. This is the curse of Tippy Canoe or otherwise known as, I think I'm saying this right. Tesca says curse. Okay. So back in the day, spoiler alert in case you haven't like read this far back in history or you're like not allowing real history to happen in your school or whatever. (laughs) As a culture, we went to war with native Americans and committed genocide and wiped out basically an entire, entire population of people whose land we took. The fact that you even have to like clarify and state that is terrible by the way. No, but I do because I know you do. It's awful. And people are like, wait, what? That's awful. Okay. So there is a whole war, right? That happens. Yes. 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 Okay. Agreed. Okay. So, and one of the battles, uh, the current president that we had was Harrison. Mm -hmm. Okay. He was at at the battle, like it was the battle of Tippecanoe. That was the location. Okay. Okay. The chief's name was Tescasa. So it's spelled T-E-C-U-S-E-H. I heard a million different pronunciations. That's my best. My apologies if I'm saying it incorrectly. Okay. Okay. So we, as the United States, won this terrible, awful battle and then ended up, I guess, winning that war, if you want to call it that. Okay. Yeah, I guess. So the the belief is that this curse was something that the chief put out that he said at, from this president Harrison on every 20 years the president in office will die in office. Okay. Are you ready for this? Yes. President Harrison died in 1840 in okay. office. Lincoln died in 1860 in office 20 years later. 20 years later, Andrew Garfield died in 1880 in office. 20 years later, McKinley died in 1900 in office. 20 years later, Harding died in 1920 in office. 20 years later, Roosevelt died in 1940 in office. 20 years later, JFK died in 1960 in office. Okay. And then breaks there at Andrew Jackson breaks the curse. Okay. This is now, first of all, that's crazy. <laughs> okay. It's a very like, why, why that curse? Like, okay. right. Why that? That doesn't actually like save his people. It doesn't save the, the planet or the land. Like th- there's, there's no point for him to have made that curse. I mean, with your it's dying awesome. breath. Right. <laughs> the worst curse you're going to enact is that every 20 years the current president dies in office. I mean, that's even thinking this is before the war is actually totally won. And like that's right. thinking that this terrible empire of white people is going to last that long, which I mean, it has, but right. That's like a weird, oddly specific kind of weak curse. No, I mean, and let's just say like if it if it was true and it then good for him. <laughs> like we deserved it, right? right? Like Totally. I mean, 
it wasn't like we haven't had it coming to us for that to happen. It just doesn't make sense. Like that you wouldn't on your, like you said, on your last breath, you wouldn't be, you know, praying for the, the safety of your own people or the safety of the land or the, even like the coming together of, of communities and like, you know what I mean? I don't think that this chief cared about a president over a hundred years later than him being alive. died. No, it's just a really good story to like, to, to build up that sort of bullshit myth about like the magic and the mysticism of native tribes and to make, you know, magical people seem other and to further, you know, further the success of white people. (laughs) Exactly. Right. So speaking on that, I looked into it and it's proven that the idea that this curse happened was not, not put out there by any native American. It was put out there by a white person. Of course, of course it was. Now I can't prove exactly which person started this because it's one of those things where like it just sort of took off like wildfire and there's like all these different things, right? Like there's all these different right. things. Oh, this curse is curse. So I couldn't, I couldn't tell it, but I, I can tell you it was definitely a non-Native American person because even when you, I would look for articles written by Native Americans and by indigenous people about it and there wasn't any, or they were like, we don't do curses. That's not, that's not part of our culture. That's how we roll. Right. right. Exactly. Right. It's not. And it's it's just it's just another arm of the patriarchy. Yeah, it, it feels like, you know, like one of these insidious stories that like you know might not even sound like a big deal, but you have all of these like literally like hundreds of thousands of stories that paint women, people of color, indigenous tribes, you paint everyone in all of these like shady bad lights, and, and then you have an entire country that thinks or more than a country right i mean you have an entire group of people that judge Mm -hmm. us yeah right it's like it's also cultural appropriation i know it seems like a stretch but like think about it like you you don't actually know anything about how native american people would use energy to try to shift the shift or change something like you don't, no one looked into that. Oh, let me do some research on different, you know, different tribes and stuff did that. Someone just was like, Oh, this like exactly like you said, to make people seem like the other and scary and bad and paint them in a weird light. It's gross. Well, and it just shows the sort of broad sweeping generalizations that you make that like, Oh, these aren't white people. So they must all believe in curses. They must all believe in evil. They must all believe when, you know, when you look at different cultures and tribes and countries and in communities, there's like a million different ways that people believe and live. And they're, it, it's all different. So it's just this, this painting with one broad brush. Yeah. And I would be even more specific and a bit controversial about what the brush is, because Mm. this is Christianity concepts. Yeah, yeah, it's it's well, I mean, it's white supremacy, but it's through it's through Christianity. It's through patriarchal religion. Exactly. Like you have to remember, Christianity was one of the first 
programs. I, I don't even know what to say. One of the first places where you see the concept of, of like absolute good and absolute evil, not that everything is both. Yes. So when you see stuff that's like an evil curse or a curse that caused all these presidents to die or something like that is using a Christianity concept, not a pagan concept, not a Native American concept, not an indigenous people's concept, not Greek, not, you know, none of those, those places used that. Do you know what I mean? Right. But it somehow has become part of our sort of cultural view that that's something that other in, you know, with my air quotes, other people, meaning not white people do, right. They cast curses, they're good or they're evil, but it's, that's actually only seeing through the lens of white supremacy. If you've listened to any episode of ours, you're going to hear us say that before organized patriarchal religions, there was no devil. There was no good or evil. It didn't exist. Yeah. They call people devil worshipers, pagans, whose whole belief system never had a devil in it. Like it's so, and and the the reason it's so like, we're talking about it, harping on it is because we don't clock it because we're so conditioned to be used to that. And so it's important to hear. Because we've been told that people of other, of any non-white, non-American or European culture, that their belief set is that of like sort of mystical, magical, but danger, right? It's danger. It's like- It's dangerous, but it's it's also silly. And yeah, all of that, all of that. You know, yeah. it's like curses, hexes, like you're, you're cursed for death. You know, we have these stories and we have these narratives about what a curse is. That's why we're talking about it in this episode. Cause Heather and I've heard so many people talking about it and not, and realizing that they don't understand that their idea of a curse is really a patriarchal construct used to subjugate people of color or non-white people or non-Christian people. Exactly right. 100%. And that's why it's so important to actually understand what you're talking about. It's why you and I get so irritated that people would put, you know, in our industry, put something out like, come here and I'll break a curse for you for, you know, $99 or something. And that person doesn't have any effing clue what a curse is, what other cultures believed, what pagan cultures believed, where their view of curses are coming from, like how energy actually works. And it's really frustrating. Exactly. That's very frustrating. Like it, it makes us feel defensive. It makes us feel protective of people because not only is it, is it a scam, but we, we see people being taken advantage by it. 100%. When I was researching this and like looking into this, like where did this idea come from? I also stumbled upon some really interesting articles about how I don't know if people still say this, but I know when we were growing up, people would say this all the time. And that was that like, Oh, spooky things happen. That must've been built on an ancient Indian burial ground. Oh, I've definitely still heard people saying that. Okay. So I read so many articles about what a bullshit thing to say that is because the whole country is an ancient Indian burial ground. Exactly. Exactly. And so 
all of it is stolen lands. And so how does that even make sense? And again, in native culture, they weren't cursing people like that. Now there's, di- no. there's so many different tribes and stuff that I don't want to put them all in one and say, none of them did it. I did find a bunch of stuff with like how they pushed energy into the future, them like wanting bad things for other people. Of course, I'm not trying to paint like a romanticized picture of anything, but that's not how they were seeing it. They weren't like anywhere, you know, a native American dies that place is cursed. Like, first of all, the whole country would be cursed if that was the case. And second of all, there are so many places that we all go to that were really important sacred spaces for Native Americans that I would say would be, if you want to talk about a curse, going there and being disrespectful to their heritage and their culture, I would say could bring upon a curse to you. But just because you're on land, where right. Native Americans were buried, that doesn't make any sense. No, it doesn't. But how but often it's a, it's a cool that? story to make it's a cool story to make Native American people sound evil and to sound other than, you know, right. it's, it's a great it's a great way to get everyone on board with white supremacy without them realizing it. <laughs> it's a great yeah. way to flip the script on who's the bad guy. Exactly. And then you have people and then you have people doing your dirty work for you because they don't realize it doesn't sound like you're reading this like Nazi manifesto, but you're <laughs> but you're proliferating it. You're telling these stories. You're 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 carrying on these ideas. Yes, exactly right. Exactly right. All right. So let's talk about, you know, along these spicy vibes. Let's talk about the way to this day in our industry, people come to me asking, could it be true? This quote unquote psychic from over here said that there is a curse on me and that I'll never find love unless I go for three sessions at, you know, $5,000 a pop to remove the curse. And then I'll be able to find love. Is this true? Like, should I do it? I mean, we hear it all the time. Yeah. The answer is no, God, no, don't run away, run. I mean, if you've listened to any, I mean, we've said it in so many episodes, Heather, what, like probably five off the top of my head, I can think of that we've said in episodes, if someone is putting themselves in the place in of power of controlling your healing or your breaking of curses or anything like that, find another healer. Yes. It's 100%. always on you. It's always on you. You should be, they should be guiding you through the process. They should be helping you with it, assisting you with it. But if it's you being powerless to them and you have to pay them, I know you said 5,000 as a joke, but even like 50 bucks, a hundred bucks, but you have to do it five times. It's a lot of money. 100%. And the thing you said about the power is exactly right. Could there be a quote unquote curse the way you and I see a curse, which is just that there's like, negative energy and like a negative belief. And I'll talk more about what I think that is. I I, honestly, I think it's a lack of shadow work to be honest with you. If you're like, you can't find love. I think, I don't think there's anything wrong with you. I think you need shadow work is what I think. I don't think that there's a curse. Okay. Do I think curses continue? And when we go, you know, in the, in part two of this episode for next week, when we talk about generational patterns and and the trauma and, and that kind of a curse, do I think that that happens and it passes down the line? Yes, I do. Do I yes. think it's because some 
you know, creepy quote unquote hag lady cursed your family and now no one in your family can find love or everyone's going to be an addict or no one can ever be a good father or something. No, I do not. I think it's a lack of shadow work that gets passed on and that you can break it that way. So do I believe there are curses? Yes. Do I believe that a curse is what, you know, that original definition we talked about that, you know, you're just hoping something bad happens to someone else. No, I don't think that's what a curse is. I think a curse is when a negative outcome is attached to something when you, you either want it for someone else or it just keeps attaching to someone and it either passes down or it's there. And instead of turning to your intuition and doing something like shadow work, we have a whole episode on shadow work. If you want to know more about it, I think that you turn away and you accept that you're not as powerful as, as you are. That's what I think happens. That's what a curse is. Or you watch someone who has been cursed, who has had bad outcomes come to them, but you that was modeled for you as behaviors, learned behavior. Exactly. And without, without the shadow work, you just think that that's how you behave. Exactly right. Exactly. 100%. So do I think you could have a curse like that? Yes. Do I trust somebody saying, come to me for these sessions and I'll remove the curse? No. And that's the key language. If they're saying they'll remove the curse, you are being tricked. That is not how energy works. They cannot, I can't remove a curse from you. Nobody can remove a curse from another person. Can I shift the energy around the thing that you have going on? Can I help you do that? 100% I can do that. But I'm never going to use the language of curses. I'm never going to use any sort of language around it that makes you think that you have somehow done something wrong or that you are powerless in actually adjusting it. I'm just going to hand you some tools to help you change it. Exactly. And I I feel like all of our listeners know this, but I also feel compelled to say it. So I'm just going to say it is that if someone is in your DMS, especially if it's someone that you don't know, and they're saying like, I felt drawn to your energy. I'm sensing this around you. If they're soliciting you block, delete, run. Yeah. Let's talk about why real quick. (laughs) Okay. Because you might think, oh, this person's just trying to get business. They're out there hustling. Mm-mm. Okay. No. If if that's your thought process, you gotta you gotta pause for a second because people who read energy, people who tap into energy and and walk around this world, we are two of them. So I'm speaking as people who do this, with the ability to pick up energy from other people, we spend the majority of our energy, not doing it, trying not to do it. The last thing I want to do on social media is tap into a stranger's energy and see what kind of problems they have. No effing thank you. Well, and beyond that, it's also a violation of privacy. I don't have your consent. I don't have your permission to be doing that. Like It's just bad form. It's disgusting form. And it goes against any sort of ethical way of using intuition to help people. Correct. I've told the story before of when somebody came to me one time who I knew it was a coworker at the time and she was beside herself because a girl who was a medium 
walked up to her and told her her uncle was with her and she wanted to pass a message and said his name and walked away or didn't say his name, but gave the initial and walked away. And she was devastated because she was abused by the uncle. Exactly. And I had to do all this work to help undo that. And that is an example of why you don't, don't ever assault people with intuitive information. Exactly. Cause you don't, cause you don't have permission. You don't have consent. That girl didn't want that information. You did not help her by telling her that. Right. Think about the intention. The intention was not to help that person. The intention was for that girl to look cool. Yeah, exactly. To look like some sort of like rock star intuitive person and like these magical messages coming down and you really actually just traumatize. Listen, if intuitive people are trying to get business for their stuff, which is something that they are allowed to do, by the way, I hate when people are like, Oh, you can't solicit if it's helping people. No, that's not true. But if that's stupid, right? If intuitive people are doing that, they're going to do something where they open the door for people to come to them. That's, we do because we can control that we can we can allow in and out we we have a space that we can do this so people who actually are good at this and know how to do it and have studied it will will post maybe like let's say online instead of being in people's dms they'd like post somewhere to like comment on this thread or something if you'd like something and then choose the people because they they want the people to come to them that's how you keep yourself protected energetically so that's that like, Hey, by the way, I picked up a curse on you. You know, that is not what intuitive people do. No, that's what scammers do. And it's also not what educated in energy and pagan culture and other cultures. That's not something that that's not terminology that any of them would use. Correct. Yeah. Now I do hear curses call like people calling curses, like generational patterns. Like we're going to talk about next week. Like I do hear them calling that Hey, I can help you break these generational curses. Okay. Now, again, listen to how they're talking. Can they help you do it? Or are they going to be removing it? That's how you know. It's always a power dynamic. Like you said before, Jamie, like, are they assisting you in changing something or are they doing it? And the answer will tell you 100%. Right. Always. Even like a medium, right? When you go mm-hmm. to a medium who's actually incredibly talented, all of their language is about how they're going to help you connect. Yes, that's a good point. Right? Yes. They're not like, "Hey, I'm just going to magically connect." They're going to help you. They're going to give you messages. They're going to they're going to try to use their gift to help you feel somehow better. Yes. It's about true. you. The ones who are like flashy, dashy, look at what I can do. I don't even care if you understand what I mean or if you feel okay about it are that's a red flag like walk away from that agreed yeah so do i think if you're having trouble in in your love life (laughs) that you may have a curse placed on you by someone else that you need to remove no i don't right i do i don't either i don't think that at all do i think you could find some sort of negative energy around it and call that a curse sure like i said before was it a curse when they opened that Polish king's tomb or was it the fungi? Or does does the fact that we say it was fungi cancel out it being a curse? Again, it just depends. Yeah, there was negative energy attached to that outcome. So I guess technically it was a curse. Right, right. And like, and at what point do you start cursing yourself? Like when you're talking about someone having problems in their love life or whatever. I mean, think of how easily and how quickly humans 
develop defense mechanisms or develop blocks or bad narratives. Like, yeah, you probably are sensing a lot of quote unquote negative energy around your love life, but it's probably you in the shadow work that you need to do. It's probably you in like the stories you've built around it and your trauma and your fear. And, and that's what, that's, what's blocking things for you. Yeah. Or maybe you just don't want to, don't need to jam yourself into the way society says you're supposed to live your life. Maybe it's as simple as that. Right. <laughs> it could, I'm sure more often than not, it is that. Right. If You know what? If you're a woman and you're older than 30 and you're not married to a man, that doesn't mean you're cursed. It, it might mean that you're really smart, actually. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Like but I mean, that's not the story we're told. No. Right. So, so again, you got to catch what what you're really attaching to this like are you happy are you good do you if you want something right. different than what you have that's great but the work needs to go into okay what do i need to do around this like what kind of shadow work do i need to lean into what kind of beliefs do i have around this what am i allowing what am i receiving what kind of boundaries do i need like that's what you need to do for work and again it's it's not victim blaming it's just saying that's the place that needs attention well, and how does it feel when someone says to you, no, you're not cursed. You just have to do some work here. If you're defensive about that, if you don't like that, if it sounds easier and better that you're cursed, there's nothing wrong with that. That's just a red flag for you that you're resistant to doing the work. You're resistant to doing the shadow work. And so it's easier somewhere in your subconscious to just put the blame somewhere else because the work probably feels really scary. Yeah. If if that's you, if you're listening to this right now and you're like, shoot, this is me, okay? The right. place you need to do work is in believing in your own power. Once you do that, it's this stuff is way easier, right? Exactly. If it's easier yep. for you to believe that there's some weird curse on you because you touched a, you know, a diamond once in a jewelry store or whatever, and so you'll never find love because of that. Then if that's an easier story for you, then if I do some work on myself and like really explore what I'm looking for and what I want and my, you know, my beliefs around things and all this to find what, what would really make me happy. If that sounds harder, then you have an issue with believing in your own power. That's it. Right. Exactly. Because that's, there's nothing wrong with with that. Right. Yeah. It's, it's a red flag waving to you that you feel more comfort in like an ancient, creepy, magical curse than exploring right. own subconscious. Right. And that's how scary the idea of being powerful is to you. Yeah. But that's also, it's a red flag. Yes. But it's also pointing you in exactly where to start, where, where to like figure it out and to heal it. Yeah. Perhaps red flag is the wrong word. Maybe it's just like a like a, a mile marker or like something trying to get your attention. Right. Not red flag in the way like, like a flashing, flashing sun. Yeah. Not right. red flag in the way of like oh run away from this person. Red flag in the way of like pay attention. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I also want to say we sort of mentioned this before, but I want to talk about it again because I have a little additional spicy side note to add to it. Okay. <laughs> So the idea of like somebody random being able to curse you with something bad without your knowledge or consent or involvement, I want to talk about that again for a second. Okay. You, in order for someone to send negative energy to you, 
which they can, by the way, people can send positive energy to you just as easily as they can send negative energy to you. Yep. I can right now send negative energy to a person I'm thinking of. Like I could just be like, oh, that person's annoying me. Negative energy. Okay. Correct. This does not make me magical. This does not make anything happen to the other person necessarily, but I can do that just as easily as I can send you good energy and thoughts and prayers and positive, warm, whatever wishes. Like it's just as easy. I can do that. Uh, Anyone can. Yeah. Okay. I can wish for you to have a negative outcome and I can sit and think about it. I can light a candle and say some words and send you that if I want to. I can do all of that stuff, positive or negative, but it's not going to work unless there's some part of you open to the idea. Exactly. I, and here we are once again talking about boundaries. <laughs> exactly. I if if I want to send good energy to Jamie, I know she's going to have a hard day mm-hmm. tomorrow. I want to send her all the good energy I can. If Jamie's like I blocked to receiving anything good or bad from anyone. If she's really, if she's mad at me and doesn't even want my good energy or something, it's not going to work. It's not going to do anything for her. Okay. Exactly. It does. The other person has to be open. So with negative energy, can I send negative energy to someone and can it affect them? Yes. But in order for it to affect them, they have to be in on the the want of the negative. Right. Absolutely. So for example, if, if somebody in my life is being really mean and awful to Jamie, okay, they're being a, someone who makes Jamie feel bad all the time. If I want to curse them with negative energy, I want to be smart about it because I want to think, well, they're open to Jamie feeling negative. They're open to J- trying to make Jamie feel X, Y, or Z. So I'm going to send negative energy that is X, Y, or Z right? so that they feel right. that way. Because they're open to it visa, like through me, yeah. they're open See, to it. This is why oh. you don't send your own curses because that person sending you negative energy has opened themselves up to me sending them negative energy. And now I've opened myself up to someone else sending me, like it will just keep going. Right. But the same, the same with positive. Exactly. Right. Exactly. If I send anyone positive energy, I have opened myself up to that same positive energy coming back to me. Well, and this is back to that, what we discussed with like the, the church or however you want to see it, that they created this idea of good and bad because pre-church, pre-patriarchy, these, these were just energies. It wasn't like it wasn't good. It wasn't bad. It wasn't like, we now have this idea that like, oh, I'm receptive to thoughts and prayers, but I'm not receptive to your curses because the church has put in our head, the idea that there's good and bad when in reality, it's all just energy. So are you receptive to energy? Are you not receptive to energy? Are you receptive to it from everyone who even looks at you and thinks about you? Or are you only receptive to energy from people that you trust and you know, and you, and you care about? Excellent point. Because me wishing negative energy on someone hurting you, is that good energy or bad energy? Right. Because you're protecting me. Right. I want a good thing. So it's good. So for me, it's good. Right. But <laughs> right. the intention is not evil or good. It's both. 
So that's what I mean is that it's actually not it, but we've been programmed that it's good or bad. It's light or dark. It's, it's God or Satan. Exactly. So here's the thing. If you want to protect yourself, if you want to send the energy, the good, the bad, the ugly, and the fact that it's, I mean, the good, the bad, the ugly, all of it is right. There's not like, oh, this right. is a good one. This is a bad one. Right. It's, all right. of it. Okay. Some intentions are stronger right. than others and good and, and bad. Right. But it's all both. Right. If you want to protect yourself from that, again, we go back to the power dynamic. I don't believe that, you know, this mystery person, you know, who online used to be my friend and now isn't, and I know wants bad things for me. I don't believe they have any control over me. So they can send all the negative energy they want. I am way more powerful than them and they have no effect on me. I know how to have boundaries, right? But if I felt that that person was more powerful than me or that other people had more control over my energy field than me, the person did, then it could work. Then you're susceptible. Right. So the more work you do on yourself, the more you believe in your own power and the more you call your energy back into yourself, the less susceptible you are to stuff like this. Will you tell the listeners, Heather, um, what you do? Like, will you tell them about the mirroring that you do, which I think feels more like morally neutral to people if they if they feel like they don't want to like if it's if they're stuck in the good, the bad. Which I'm not advocating for cursing people. I'm not actually I'm not actually advocating for that. But I I, I wanted to bring to people's attention that energy is just energy, right? And that we've been taught this this dynamic of good and bad and evil and right whatever. But I think this mirroring that, that you do is so powerful because you're actually taking morality out of it. Yes. 100%. And I'd like to add before I, before I give that, I'd like to add that you don't have to be sitting there going, I'm going to curse you. If you are like, Oh, that, that stupid piece of crap person, Mark is such a jerk that I hope something bad happens to him and ruins his day and you stomp away. If that, right. if you do that, that's a curse. Exactly. Right. It, you don't actually need the ritual. It, it's just the end. Right. You don't need to like be a witch in a cloak or something like that. No, Right. You just said it and hoped for a negative outcome for someone else and like sent it to the universe. You just said it out of frustration. That's a curse. Okay. So yeah, like Sally is the worst. I can't stand her. Exactly. That's bad energy. Exactly. Exactly. Like, oh my gosh, I'm so irritated that Carrie over there keeps copying my shit. I'm so mad. I'm just going to send all this negative energy for a second to block her from me. Stop it. If you do that, that's a curse. Like you're just saying random shit. So like what I'm saying is that could be coming back at you. It's not necessarily people cursing you. Exactly. So this is why this works all the time for everybody because it doesn't, you don't have to be like, Oh, I don't have any witches in my life. (laughs) Like, well, I bet there are people who want to see you fail in your life though. Right. So, well, and, and don't you also think that it keeps people sort of like off the hook of their own, consciousness because they're like they don't consider just thinking that as being a type of curse so they're like oh i'm not casting curses i'm not sitting in a pentagram of salt on the ground i'm not i'm not this evil demon witch doing bad things but it's like actually no you're actually doing the same exact thing yeah probably more so than the person sitting in the salt pentagram (laughs) well with like with like way less control right way less discipline and like with probably much 
more sort of wild feelings, like you're like like unmanaged feelings. Yeah. And listen, you've been in a room, everybody, I don't care how intuitive and empathic you are. You've been in a room where you have felt an assault of negative energy on you from somebody in the room. Definitely. 100% you have felt that. So that is a thing. Yeah. Okay. So, so yeah. this is what you need to do. Okay. I want you to just sit for a second and set the intention that you put mirrors up around your energy field. Okay. And for some people, people you don't know, people who just anyone, anyone who's listened to our boundary levels, if they're not a level one, they get the mirrors. Okay. Yeah. Go listen to that episode. That's a good one. Anything that they send to you with a mirror up bounces straight back at them. Yeah. So if I know that this person over here is sending like all this negative energy, wants to see me fail, commenting stupid stuff on social media, like they're just out to get me, right? Like we, we recently had someone like post a negative thing about our podcast on, I think it was on Apple because they didn't like our Doreen Virtue episode. No, it was on Instagram. It was the best. It's on Apple too. Good. It's on the Apple podcast it? too. Yeah, I saw it. Rude. In person, I looked them up. Um, okay, so that person is, <laughs> oh, I tracked them. I know exactly who they are. I know their full name. I know the business they have where they're against um, the assault of new age on religion, which is hilariously uneducated. What did she think was going to happen without messing with us? <laughs> it's really hilarious. So anyways, and it brought our rating down to 4.9 instead of five. So it really irritated me with our one star. Anyways. <sighs> anyways, this not person, cool lady, not cool. This person clearly has some negative intent, right? She took the time to leave her little oh, review she definitely did, yeah. and go on social. She has some negative intent against you and I because she did not like what we said about her favorite person, Doreen Virtue. She actually got a lot of the stuff wrong in what she said, and it was really hard for me not to comment back with corrections. But it's fine. Um, she has na- so if I put a mirror up to that lady, okay, you know who you are. I yeah. refuse to say your name to get you any attention. If I put a mirror up to her, it's just anything she's sending for us to like look silly or to, you know, people not to listen anymore or for something bad to happen to us or whatever, right? It's bouncing right. just right, right back at her. I'm not interested in her energy. So anything she does just bounces right back. But the thing is, for people I don't know who are sending me energy, let's say like podcast listeners that we've never met, okay? They send right. me good energy. It bounces right back and hits them too. They get the good energy too. So it's like this perfect this is the way you take the morality out of it. Whatever you're sending to me, I'm just bouncing right back at you. If you're sending me good, right. you're going to feel the good. If you're sending me BS, you're going to feel that. Absolutely. Absolutely. You're sitting in that room and you feel that negative energy coming up. Put the mirror. Okay. You have to go somewhere and you have to be surrounded by people that you know have negative intent for you. Put those mirrors up and just walk around like the bad bitch that you are because whatever they're sending to you is just bouncing right off. It's like, it's like taking that like I'm rubber, you're glue thing and like making it real energetically. That's, that's exactly what it's like. And you know, when I use this, I probably shouldn't admit this, but <laughs> as a mother, Ooh. I don't love the idea of like cursing or hexing a child. You know what I mean? I don't like that. Um, but it makes me feel like if I, if someone's, how should I say it? If someone's, someone's messing, messing with, with my kids. Kid. Yeah. <laughs> someone's messing with my kid. Uh-huh. 
I can put a mirror up uh-huh. to that person. Yeah. Energetically. Right. Yeah. And it's not me like sending them bad energy. It feels weird as an adult to be doing that to a child. <laughs> like you can, you can do all that. You can send it right back to them, but then feel like, again, morally neutral. Like it's just a, it's just a reflection. Yeah. Exactly. And you also stop the cycle of it, right? Because like I said before, with like right. me being mad because someone's mistreating you, if I then send the bad thing, now I've, I'm keeping the cycle going and I'm open to the bad thing. But if I put a, if I put right. a mirror up and maybe I'm just like, oh, you're getting 20 mirrors and you're, you're in a freaking hall of scary mirrors of your own freaking design, baby, that. Right. is perfect because it again it's that other thing right you're you're channeling it into the mirror and it's not me sending you anything yep. bad and you know what if i'm being a decent human if i if the if i open myself up to someone putting a mirror around me great i'll bask in the glow of that mirror. right i'll i'll fix my goddamn hair and keep walking because i'm not doing anything right. bad right exactly and you know that you're energetically protected so that nothing can touch you anyways exactly okay I'd like to wrap this up by saying one additional spicy nugget. Okay. I would spend a lot less time worrying about someone who's secretly cursing you and a lot more time paying attention to people who are outwardly, loudly in your space cursing you. Agreed. I think it's a very good point. Listen, anyone who tries to make you feel negative. Right. Anyone who, when you're around, you don't feel good, you feel worse. Anyone who in their presence is actively making you upset. That is a curse. Pay more attention to that. Shut that down. Boundaries. We have a whole episode on it, baby. Work on that. Work on feeling powerful yourself. Work on, on paying attention. Like if your intuition's like, hey, we feel like shit around this person, listen to it and set some boundaries and either have a discussion or remove that person from your life. And that will protect, that is happening to you and affecting you 1,000 times more than anyone sending you a curse. Agreed. Which I think that, I agree with you. And I think that that point really highlights the fact that sometimes the curse becomes the scapegoat. It becomes the easy thing just to blame all of your problems on. It's a lot easier to think that than it is to actually deal with the people who are just in your face being rude. Exactly. Exactly right. The people in your face being rude who are in your family or friend group or work with you or whatever, who have control over how you feel, those people are the ones doing far more damage to you than anyone yep. else sending, lighting a candle and trying to send you a curse. So start with them. Yeah. <laughs> I was just going to say, start there. Start there and work your way back if you need to. Exactly. Well, I'm excited to talk to you about generational patterns and how it that is kind of a curse and how that works. So I hope you guys come back to continue this conversation next week with, with part two of this because – all of this applies there and it's I think it's really fascinating to look at. Yeah, and spoiler alert, if you're listening to this podcast, you're a generational pattern breaker. Yes. And this next episode is going to be all about you. You are the breaker of the curses, my dears, and you hate it. I'm telling you right now, you hate it. Right. You hate that you are. We all do. A lot of work. Yeah. It's right. 
it's so powerful and amazing. And if you are that person, you are, if you're listening, I'm telling you, you are. We've got some things for you to help you through that as well. Absolutely. All right. See you next week. Let's continue this conversation. Hey, everyone. Heather and I have an ask for you. If you love this episode or if you love the IGG, can you do us a favor? We need you to go onto whatever platform you listen on and download, subscribe, like, love, whatever it's asking you to do. Can you go do those things for us on the platforms that you listen on? It would mean so much to us. Hey, thanks for listening to our episode. For show notes and a place to send feedback, please visit our website, embodylove.me slash intuitivegirls. Again, that's embodylove.me slash intuitivegirls.